Very nice music interlude, Simo. It's fantastic. Love that. Some things come together. All right. Uh, we're in the middle of a series. Uh, we've been talking about over the last uh, two weeks now. This is our third week in the series. The series is called Dare to Move. And uh, we have been talking about sharing our faith in Jesus. And the first, uh, the first week we talked about going fishing and about how, you know, how about, I guess if you're a follower, then you're also someone who actually would be wanting to share your faith in Jesus Christ. And, and then Simo came on uh, last week as well and, and continued the theme, um, a river somewhere, talking about uh, a number of different things, but including that there's people everywhere, there's always somewhere to go, there's always somewhere to fish. Um, and at the end of that, he, caught, he sort of alluded to what we were talking about, what we we're going to talk about this week. And he alluded to sometimes fishing can be a little bit scary. Sometimes you can get a little bit nervous about fishing. So we're going to start off this morning uh, and we're going to continue that. And today we're talking about Dare to Move. That's our series title, but particularly about Don't Be Afraid. Don't be afraid, not being afraid. Now, there's many things that we're afraid of. Um, I don't know what it is for you that you may be afraid of and things that scare you. Um, that's where we sort of got this whole idea of who dares, you know, like stick your hand in a bucket. And, um, you know, we were, think, we were sitting out the back there thinking, you know, maybe you could have like a cow's tongue or, you know, you could get like really serious with this stuff, you know, and then it could really freak someone out and, or have the real deal in there, you know, like, but we wanted to keep it pretty clean, something you could wash your hands and at the end and, and everyone be good. So that was great. Um, but there are some things that, that cause fear in us and for different people it's different things um, you know some people are just like absolutely freaked out about spiders like just yep they've got one like you know just say spider or, or snakes or those sort of things there's kiwis in the room I know there's a few kiwis here so snakes are right up there on the list of most of those kiwis don't know why it just happens that way other people are scared of the dark other people are scared of closed spaces you know like getting under what was that Stingrays, okay, there's a bit of a phobia, stingrays, they can be deadly, I hear. Um, they are, some people are scared of wide open spaces, some people are, are scared of, you know, claustrophobic and scared of, you know, being in dark and closed spaces. So there's, we all have different fears and, and there's some people just sitting there going, nah, <laughs> not scared of anything like that. I asked, we're out on year six camp at school here this week, well, as in we went out to, to Somerset with our year six crew. And it was good fun. We mucked around there for a few days, had a lot of fun. But at one of the worships there, I asked the kids, what are you afraid of? A similar sort of a question. And there were a few of these answers. And then we turned it towards, what about social fears? What about the fear of rejection by your peers? What about the fear of someone laughing at you because you've sort of made yourself vulnerable in some way and they've just gone, no, you know, you're a fool, you idiot. What's that about? Or... Or, you know, you might have a, a fear of rejection if you're sort of, you know, you're keen, you know, young people, you know, you might be keen on a certain gentleman or a certain lady, that sort of a thing, and it's like, oh, I don't know if they like me and I don't want to, like, put myself out there, and if they don't like me, then, like, man, I look like a fool, I look like an idiot. And so you have, like, these are real fears, right? And these are, these are sort of these social fears that, that we come up with. And often, too, um, we get scared of sharing Jesus. And I'm going to talk about, that's what we're going to talk about today, being scared of sharing Jesus. Now, there could well be, and it's okay, and it's so fine, if you're in the room today, and this is maybe your first time at church for a long time or forever, or you're not really right into this whole God thing, I'm going to give you permission like, to maybe tune out just for a little bit. But instead of maybe tuning out, instead of when we talk about sharing Jesus, instead of when we talk about sharing our, like, the love of Christ, maybe you could substitute it 
Maybe you could even just talk about helping others because sometimes we also just get scared of helping others. Sometimes you, know, you might see someone in need and you think, oh, I could help them, but there's probably someone else who's better, better equipped to help that person. There's probably someone else who has more time to help their, that person or, or that person might... And this is one that I, I struggle with. If I see like, a lady like, changing a tyre on the road, I often think, oh, she's going to think that I'm some bullfed that's going to come along. And, you know, so I think, oh, she probably doesn't want me to help. Or, you know, like, these are the sort of things that I'm just not real sure about. Okay, they probably do think that I'm a bullfed, but that's okay. <laughs> so so these sometimes, you know, even just helping somebody, even just literally physically, even take the spiritualness, spiritual realm out of this, just even helping somebody's like, oh, are they going to think I'm an idiot? Are they going to turn around? And some people, sometimes, some people do, some people, oh, I don't want your help. You think, oh, now I look like a fool. So there's this fear we have of like the unknown. And typically that's what fear is. Fear is like what we don't really know what we can't really control and we're just a bit unsure so we just we struggle to take that step and we struggle to venture out um, into into the realm of what's going to happen next um, i'm going to share a few stories i'm going to share basically three stories three stories with you this morning uh, and they're all about the character of peter in the bible who was one of the jesus disciples and the first story i'm going to share is a story where um, is where peter and john after Jesus was crucified, after Jesus died, Peter and John go off to the temple and they, and they have this encounter with this guy who'd been crippled, who'd been lame, who couldn't walk for a long time. And, and we're going to talk about these fears and we're going to talk about it in the way that, that Peter, the fears that Peter may have had and how we still struggle with some of those same fears. Because what I'd really love, I'd really love that every person here, even if you're just remotely interested in, in this God stuff, even if you're just just starting to sort of get your head around, hey, maybe this, this, this Christianity thing's all right. Maybe I'm keen to do this. Or maybe you've been a follower for a long, long time. I'd like us to maybe step outside our comfort zone and, and to face up to some of our fears. And at the end of this, what I'm going to do, I'm actually going to give out three little cards. And these little cards are an invite to refresh. And I'm going to give you these cards. And what I'd like you to do is I want you to give those cards out to somebody. And next week, you know, like through this week, you can give those cards out. And, and maybe step outside your comfort zone. And I'm going to try and keep you accountable. No, I'm not. I'm joking. Okay? Just panic. I was actually joking. All right? So right then, all right, I'm not going to give out cards. Okay? So all those people who were really scared just went like this. Hey, I saw it. I saw it. There's a whole heap of people who just went, oh, no, Neil's not really going to do that, is he? I'm, I'm, I'm walking out the door. Okay, I'm not going to give out any cards. I'm not going to ask you to invite anyone, okay? But I just did want to just see your reaction when I said that, like, because we are often fearful of, of stepping outside our comfort zone. That was funny from where I was anyway. <laughs> I enjoyed it. In Acts chapter 3, but I am going to talk about Peter. Oh, I wasn't lying about that. I wasn't joking about that. Acts chapter 3. Um, the story goes that Peter... And John go off to the temple about three o'clock in the afternoon and they, they go there for prayer. And this is what happens in Acts chapter 3. If you've got a Bible, open your Bible, read through it. We're going to stuck, chuck it up here on the screen as well so you get to see that. But here it is in Acts chapter 3. Here's the story. It's pretty cool. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried, in, uh, carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. Okay, so here we have a guy, the only means of, only means of supporting himself 
Someone drops him, someone carries him, literally carries him, puts him down in front of all these supposedly nice people, all these God-fearing people, and maybe he's going to get a few dollars out of them, a few shekels, and maybe that's how he's going to support himself. When he saw Peter and John, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him and as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. The man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Peter and John walk up. Here's this guy. He's going, he must, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know where he's looking. But for some reason, he doesn't appear to be looking straight at them. But he might be just have his hand out, just asking for money, whatever it may be. You could sort of imagine that. And Peter and John goes, hey, 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 hey mate, hey, mate, look, look at us. Look here, look here. Look, and he's going, oh, hang on, maybe I've just hit the mother load. Maybe these guys are going to fork out a few green ones or something like that, you know. And he, and he says, and Peter, then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. Oh, so, what do you want then? Yeah, you know, imagine, all right, mate, if you haven't got any money, then, like, just move on. There might be someone else who, you, who you're stopping from actually, from actually talking and potentially giving me some money. Silver and gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk. Cool, so far. This guy just like, what? No one's ever said this before, okay? What, what's going on here? Uh, taking him by the right hand in verse 7, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went uh, with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Okay, so you can imagine this, this, this is a, a, a full-blown uh, miracle that, that, that God has performed through Peter and John. He's this guy, completely lame, can't walk, hasn't been able to walk forever. Peter comes up and basically tells this fellow to, to get up and helps him up off the ground. And, this, and then the strength returns to his feet and everything that was crooked or crippled or broken or busted or whatever it might be, he starts to straighten out and this guy stands up for the very first time. Imagine if you were the man. Imagine if you were the crippled man. Or even so, imagine if you were someone who was watching this. Like who, and, and they knew who he was. They, he'd been there for a long time. Imagine this. And the funny thing about this, he says, um, in verse 8, he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. He didn't want to leave them alone. This guy is so excited about, about having something happen to him, having someone give him something, that he's, he's, he's excited. He, oh, clearly, I mean, you know, that's fairly obvious. Don't want to concentrate too much on that, but... You could well imagine what would happen there. But here this guy, uh, he jumps to his feet and he follows them in because he's not, he's not going to leave. He's going, who are these guys? Wherever they go, I'm going to go with them. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened, just happened to him. All these other people, all these onlookers, these people, there's a crowd. And they're all looking at this, this guy and they're going, that's the same man. He's, he's walking. They're just like, wow, whoa, hang on a minute. This is like, this is off the Richter scale. This is cool. And they're with their one. All right, that's a, that's a cool story, right? But what happens next? And that's what I want. That's a, that's a great story in itself. And you could talk about that all day long. But I don't want to concentrate necessarily just on that whole healing process and, the, and how great that would be. Although I must say that sort of fits right in with this sharing your faith because here Peter and John actually did something very practical for this guy. And when they actually met this guy's needs, when they actually found a way to help him practically, what did he do? He followed them around. He didn't want to let them go. Something in that, just saying. And even in the verse 11 it says, while the, uh, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, literally, he's like, no, you're not going. He's, like, he's hanging on to them. 
All the people were astonished and came running uh, to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Okay, so all these people are just going, hang on, whoa, there's something big going on here. Word spreads like wildfire, like real, real quick. Everyone just charges down and goes, what's going on here? This is, there's a stir, this is awesome. Pretty cool. But this is where the story gets real interesting. This is where it starts to ramp up and I guess starts to address some of the questions that we had this morning about being afraid and being afraid to share your faith. Um, In verse, uh, well, sorry, in verse 12 it says, When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why are you surprised? Why are you surprised? And, he, and basically what he does here is he sees his crowd, Peter sees his crowd, and he sees an opportunity. He sees this opportunity to address the crowd. So he actually starts, he's, all these people are just running towards him, so he says, all right, I'm going I'm to give God the glory. I'm going to take this opportunity that's right here in front of us, and I'm going to take this opportunity, and I'm going to give the God the glory for everything that's just happened here. And so he does. So he starts preaching to them right there and then like and this impromptu opportunity he begins to preach to all these people he begins to to tell them this how amazing God is and he starts with like Abraham he says look you know you guys are all you know you guys are all um you know on the lawn through uh, Jews through Abraham um we we worship God uh, and he starts telling them all about Jesus Christ and then in verse 15 he gets to the point about Jesus Christ and he says this is what happens verse 15 you killed the author of life, but God raised him back from the dead. He's not afraid, right? Peter here is actually telling these people, uh, you guys have made a real bad mistake. Only a few weeks earlier, maybe a few, month and a bit earlier, you guys actually killed the author of life. Like, that's, like, hang on a minute, like, that's, pretty, that's a pretty bold statement. Uh, and he goes on, he continues on, verse 17, Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. Okay, so he's, sort of, he's sticking it to them. He's sticking to all these people. He's giving them a hard time. He's, he's preaching, um, as did your leaders. And he goes on to say, um, he goes on to say what, what had happened and, how, and the whole story about Jesus Christ. Peter here, absolutely unashamedly, without fear, without fear, just tells everybody like it is and if we actually go over the page or whatever your bible is but over the next chapter um, to chapter four uh, and basically there's a big uproar and the temple the priest and the, and the religious leaders there just think hang on a minute this is not right grab these blokes so they do they actually physically arrest these two peter and john they seize them they throw them in jail it's in the afternoon it's in the evening they don't have time to deal with them then um, but the next day, they drag these guys out of prison and they start saying, what's going on? How, what are you talking about? You just, you just told all these, guys, all these people, all these people came running, you just told them all about how, how dodgy we were and how, much, and how we killed you know, the Messiah, all this stuff. Pretty bold. Verse 6 of chapter 4. Annas the high priest was there and so was Sophias, John, Alexander and the other men of the high priest family. Pause, just want to let you know, just in case you missed it or haven't maybe caught up with it, Annas and Sophias were the same priests that actually were responsible for killing Jesus. They were the same guys that Jesus was brought to in the temple. It's only a few weeks later, it's only like a month and a bit later probably, that, that Peter and John are standing before the exact same guys that killed Jesus. If you were Peter or if you were John, what would you or what would you expect may be happening to you? What would you expect? Put yourself in their shoes. They, they saw this happen. They knew what happened. Jesus was standing before these exact same people only a few weeks earlier. 
And what happened to him? And Peter and John are standing before these same two guys. A month or so later, a few weeks later, standing before him. And this is what he says. Then Peter, verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders and people, if, if I were being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And they're just going, oh man, we thought we got rid of this guy, right? They thought we'd killed him. They thought, okay, they're just going, here he is again. Like he showed up here a few weeks later, like this whole, you know, he used to do these miracles. It's like, oh, we haven't stopped this uprising. It's, it's still here, but wait for it, it says. Uh, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you, he's talking to Ananias and Sapphira, who you crucified. Who has the power? Not Peter and John. Peter and John are sitting there. They're, they're in chains or they're in, under guard or they're wherever it might have been. Ananias, Sapphira, these are the temple, these are the high priest and um, Sapphira, I think, is the father-in-law of Ananias. Um, so these are, the, these are the people in power. These people have, literally have the power to take life or let life go and be free. And here is Peter, absolutely unashamedly, absolutely completely bold, just going, um, we did this in the name of Jesus Christ. You know the guy you killed? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's who he... Um, and then God raised him back to the dead. Uh, that, this, that this man stands before you healed. Um, verse 11, he is the stone you builders rejected and which became the capstone. In other words, he starts quoting from scripture saying, you know what you guys did? It's prophesied that you would reject the Messiah. He's like, he's just, he's giving him a left and a right and a right. And he's just, he's just taking a hit after hit. He's just bagging, Peter is just bagging these guys. He's telling them how, how dodgy they were. How bold's that? How absolutely bold's that? Uh, and if we go down, we, the story goes on, they have a bit of a conversation, we won't spend all day on that, but um, if we want to go to verse 20, and verse 20, um, basically they said, all right, look, we don't want you to do this, we, 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 just, we don't want you to talk about him, they didn't know what to do with them, they didn't know, what, they didn't know whether they should lock Peter and John up, they didn't have a clue, they said, all right, we just don't want you to talk about him, we just want you to just shut up about the whole thing, just go away, keep it quiet and don't cause this stir that's been going on. Verse 20, this is what Peter replies, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. A little while earlier, only six, only, I talk a sort of 50 odd days, 60 days earlier, a couple of months maybe. One night, Jesus was with his disciples and these same guys were looking for a way to, to get Jesus and to take him out of the picture without the rest of the population, without the rest of the community realising, so they came to him one night. They found him one night with the help of Judas. They came to Jesus and they arrested him in the middle of the night. And they took him away and they took him back and they... the whole story. But in that process, Peter and the other disciples basically all just shot through. They all just disbanded. They, they just all took off. Here these guys come, these... You know, the temple guards and some other people, these armed men came and, and, and they arrested Jesus and all the rest of these guys just shot through. And then just a, a few, a little while later as, as they took him into, um, into Jesus into the temple, Peter was trying to follow close behind and 
a young servant girl said to Peter, Hey, aren't you, aren't you, one, of those, aren't you one of those friends of Jesus? And he just goes, Nah, not me. And a little bit later it happens again, three times it happened. This same person comes up and says, aren't you, you, you are, I'm sure I've seen you with Jesus. I'm sure I've seen you with that guy that just got arrested. And mate, Peter is too scared to even say that he even knew Jesus. A few weeks later, now Peter is standing before those same, very same men and he's just going, you are the guys that killed the Messiah. I don't care what you do to me. What made the difference? And that's where I'm going today with what we're talking about. What made the difference? Because we are all scared at times. Um, we often get scared about something and, and you know, like sometimes we can, uh, you know, think, oh, maybe I, should have, maybe I should have said something to someone. And then you think, well, well, I don't know if that was the right time or maybe there'll be another opportunity. And then you realise that it probably was the best opportunity and you feel guilty about it and you're thinking, oh, maybe, oh, I'm sorry, God. And then you sort of justify your guilt and... This whole cycle of like, but here Peter is absolutely bold. He just, there is nothing that he's now worried about. Why not is the question. Because, and it's answered here in verse 20, he says, we can't help speaking about what we have seen and heard. In other words, you imagine... Peter and all the disciples and Jesus' friends and family and all that sort of stuff. When Jesus died, how much grief, personal grief because they've lost a close friend, but also the grief that, you know what, we thought we had something special going on here. Here Jesus was, he was cutting loose. He was, he was wiser than anyone else. He could mix, mix, the, you know, mix the conversation with any, any of these religious leaders and he could tell them where they're right and wrong and he would heal people, meet the you know the lowest of the low and he could mix it with the highest of the highs in the society and he was just carving up he was doing some amazing amazing stuff and then he's killed on a cross and they didn't really fully understand it right at the time they would have been absolutely gutted not just because of the personal grief although there would have been a lot of that as well obviously to see someone like tortured to death want death one of your friends in front of you tortured to death like can't even imagine how awful that must have been but just the whole, like, what have we been following? Here Jesus was telling us that he's setting up the kingdom and, and like, now it's just like he's dead. And, like, where do you go with that? Can you imagine how, how much emotion would have been mixed up in that? But the good news was, a few days later, he's alive and they see him and they talk with him and interact and then they start to get the whole picture of what's just gone on. And, and they've just gone, you know what? Death has no authority over Jesus Christ. The grave could not keep Jesus Christ, you know, I said that wrong, but you know, Jesus, they couldn't keep Jesus Christ in the grave. And they're just like, you know what, there is nothing that can hold us back from sharing the gospel. There is nothing that can hold us back from sharing this good news. Death is no barrier. And so these guys now, they're just going, well, I don't care what you do to me because I've seen what just happened to Jesus Christ. I've just seen that Jesus Christ is is bigger and better than any of this. He has more authority than any of you guys. He's like, I'm not worried about you anymore. Maybe, maybe sometimes we might lose a little bit of focus on how big Jesus Christ is when it comes to sharing Jesus, when it comes to sharing our faith, when it comes to sharing our love. But like I said before, even just put yourself in the, take the spiritual realm out of it, even just helping others. Sometimes we get caught up in, oh, they're going to be worried about it. Who cares? There's something bigger going on here. 
So there's two stories. One more story. I want to go over to uh, Matthew 14. And I guess sometimes when we look at risk, uh, sometimes a lot of us are afraid to take risks. And I, I guess though, when it comes to Christianity, sometimes taking risks can actually be the, be the thing that destroys, destroys boredom. And sometimes we can get, oh yeah, it's just church again, oh yeah, it's just this whole God stuff, and we're just like mid of ho-hum, whatever. But taking risks for God, there's nothing boring about that. Taking risks for God, there's nothing that, there's no stagnation, there's nothing, like it's a living, dynamic relationship. When we're taking a risk, when we're actually stepping out in faith, all of a sudden, like, we, we, we're on fire, we're hooking up with Christ on this, and we're making a difference. That's exciting. Our Christian experience goes from being stagnant and just like, oh yeah, whatever, to like, I'm doing stuff here. I'm doing stuff bigger and better than I could ever imagine because we're working with and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 14. This is a story um, about the disciples again. And Jesus is here and Jesus is alive on this this occasion. This is before he died. Um, And the story is that there's a, whole, there's a whole background to the story, but basically the disciples were told to go out on the lake and they were told to cross over the other side of the lake and Jesus said, I'll catch up with you later. And they were going, well, how are you going to catch up with, you, up with us? You know, we we're on the boat, but anyway, do as we're told. And so they go out on the lake and there's a bit of a storm that turns up and they get a bit nervous, they get a bit scared and there's this big storm that rages. And so Jesus tiptoes out across the water, walks on water, the whole famous, you know, Jesus walking on water uh, story. Jesus goes across, walks on water, and, and he approaches the boat. Walking on the water, Jesus approaches the boat. Verse, uh, so this is Matthew 14, verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Okay, they didn't know it was dark, they didn't know what it was. They see this figure like, who walks on, like no one can walk on water, right? So they're just like, ah, what is this? And so they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Like they're just like, they're, they're completely freaked out. These guys, these adult grown adult men are completely freaked out by this they're just like whoa what's going on this is just like mm. but then Jesus immediately said to them take courage it is, it is I don't be afraid so Jesus sees they're all, they've hit the panic button and they've gone hey, no, whoa, hang on it's me so don't, don't panic don't panic it's me Lord if it's you Peter replied this is verse 28 Lord if it's you Peter replied tell me to come out on the water Come, he said, Jesus said, come. So here you have this, this, uh, this story, you know, there's, there's a storm, there's waves, there's darkness, there's like scared blokes on a boat and they've just thought they've seen a ghost and there's Jesus, he's walking on water. I mean, this is out of control. Like, this story is just like, how do you get, you, really, like you put yourself in the boat, like how do you get your head around that? Like, cool, and then Jesus is walking on the water, it's like, are you living in a dream here or is this real? Or is this like, am I, am I, have I already died? Or like, where does this fit into to the normal um, logic? doesn't um, and so Jesus tells Peter uh, to, to come then Peter got down out of the boat walked on water this is verse 29 and came towards Jesus verse 30 but when he saw the wind he was afraid and began to sink cried out Lord save me and immediately Jesus saved this guy Jesus saved Peter Peter as he gets out of the boat, he's focused on Jesus Christ. He's focused on 
the power of Jesus. Because here Jesus is actually walking on water. He's doing something completely not normal, completely supernatural, completely through the power of Christ and only through the power of, you know, through, through the power of the Father, I should say, and only through the power of the Father. This is just supernatural. And so here Peter jumps out and he says, Lord, if it's, if it's you, then tell me to come. And he says, it's me. So he does, he goes, and he starts doing something that's not of him. Peter also begins to start walking on the water. And he begins to actually to, to do things because he sees and he's focused on Jesus Christ. However, then he turns around and he realises that things are looking pretty stormy and he starts to look at the storm and he starts to sink. Put that in context of what we were talking about already. When we're sometimes maybe afraid to share our faith, are we really looking at the power of, of God and how like just out of control powerful he really is? Or are we focused on, what if, what, if, what if they reject me? Or, you know, like if I share my faith with my friends at school, like what if, what if they think I'm a bit of a nerd or a bit of a, a whatever, you know, what if, I, what, if they, what if I lose a relationship over this? Or if you're sharing your faith at work or something like that, you know, what if they think I'm, a, you know, I'm some sort of religious nut and, and, you know, they just like, I don't get the promotion or I don't get the... Or what if, and all these questions come up and all these doubts come up, what are we looking at? We're looking at the storm. We're looking at our surroundings. We're looking at what is, is around us. Without risk, particularly in the whole spiritual realm, without risk there's little reward. But when we start to risk and when we start to put our faith in Jesus Christ, like all of a sudden our, our own experience, our own relationship with Jesus, all our own Christian life just goes and begins to flourish because it's like wow I'm experiencing something here I've got something going on and the second I guess second point is who are we afraid of or what is there to be afraid of if you if you really did believe and this is a question Simo said last week you know who is your God how big is your God if you really believe there was a God that was so big like what is there to be afraid of what is there to be scared of and the third point I want to make just here is there is no power or it's very difficult to experience any of Christ's power without standing up in faith, without actually taking a little bit of it. The old saying goes, you know, it's impossible to walk on water if you don't get out of the boat. Makes sense, right? How do you actually do anything if you don't actually have a crack at it? And look, I understand. We're talking about fears. We're talking about... Um, you know, about sharing our faith and, and sometimes it's like, no, oh, I don't even really know God that much. I don't even, like, I'm not, not really a solid Christian or I'm not, you know, I'm not this or I'm not that and I don't care. What have you seen? That's what Peter said. I can't stop talking about what I've seen and heard. What have you seen God do? What have you heard God do? And you know what? Maybe, maybe, I don't know where you're at with God, but maybe you haven't seen a lot. Maybe that's just, but if you were real honest with yourself, you might go, you know what? I've never seen too much at all and it's just been like, growing up a Christian, it's just like, eh. It's all a bit ho-hum. That's okay. That's you. But if that is you, here's the challenge. If that is you and you haven't really seen Christ at all work too much, you know, you couldn't, can't really put my finger on anything. Ready? Hop out of the boat. Hop out of the boat and see what happens. Hop out of the boat, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ and see what happens. You'll have a story to tell. I'll guarantee you'll have a story to tell. Imagine 
Imagine, imagine, imagine. I can imagine this and I'm wanting to imagine this and I'd love this to happen. Imagine if we had groups of people like our Refresh Church, you guys right here, whether you're a first-time visitor or you've been here for a while, I don't care, you're our family now because you've walked in our door. That's how it goes here at Refresh. You're always our family now. Imagine if our Refresh family, imagine if all of us got real bold. Imagine if we went, you know what? The Bible's right. I was going to say Neil's right, but you know, the Bible's right. We should be bold. Okay, because I've been wrong before. Once. No. I mean, imagine, imagine if we got real bold and we started sharing our, our faith amongst our friends here at school. Like even though, you know, like everyone comes to school and we do Bible and we do chapel and everyone's like, yeah. But imagine if you started going, you know what? I'm a sold out Christian. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to put it on the line just like Peter did. Because I want that for me. Or, you know, if you work in other workplaces or you're around the school or whatever it is, Whoever you are, doesn't matter. But imagine in your workplace or, or in your lives, even in your own families, whoever it is, you've just gone, you know what? I'm a sold-out Christian and I'm going to be so bold. Imagine that. Imagine, because this is what happened. When Peter met the needs of that person, the physical needs of that lame man, okay, there was, there was, there was the power of God behind him and he did a miracle and, and all right, we might, sometimes that happens still, but maybe we don't see that too often or whatever. But even so, when we go out of our way to help somebody else, other people turn and look. That's what happened to Peter and John. Other people went, whoa, what just happened? I was just having a conversation with a Year 12 student uh, yesterday about how you know, people don't help each other too much anymore and we sort of talk about society and communities and that sort of stuff. Well, that's good, sort of, because when you do help somebody, it's even more obvious that there's something else going on. And the more people put walls up around them, the easier it is to make a difference. Because we're seen as like, hang on, who does that? And when we step out of our comfort zone, we help someone, we do something physically, people turn around and look. And when people turn around and look and to say, you know what? I've got my eyes focused on God. No matter who it is that might be trying to take me down, I'm going to be bold and I'm going to share, share the good news. Because here's a fact. And I think we might have mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. People actually need to be told about Jesus Christ. People very, very rarely, you'd sort of more or less say impossible, people very, very rarely ever find Christ without somebody telling them or, somebody, or, or them seeing somebody. Like people rarely find Christ without actually somebody telling them. And, and most of us sitting in this room, I imagine probably all of us sitting in this room, are pretty excited and happy that someone told us. We're happy that someone went out of their way. We're happy that someone boldly came and told us about Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's just a little bit scary to go and tell other people. But what if we boldly just kept our eyes focused on Christ, kept our eyes focused on heaven and shared the love, the physical love, as well as the good news message of Jesus Christ? Imagine if we all did that. You've all got networks of friends and friends and friends of network. Like imagine if we all did that. We can make a difference. And I'd love to see that here at Refresh Church. I'd love to see us making a difference both in our North Pine community as well as our wider community where we can make a real difference, where we can actually literally, physically show people love and share that love boldly and share the good news boldly with people in our community so there could be more people sitting here um, knowing and understanding how awesome Christ is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so very much 
for your love. I want to thank you for what you have done for us. And I think, you know, we've all got stories to tell um, about how much you have done for us. And sometimes we might think our story may be somewhat insignificant, but they're all your stories um, with us. And I just pray that we might be bold, that we might just get out there and, and share our love and that, you know, this whole dare to move, you know, that I guess in some ways you're saying to us, you know, I dare you to move, I dare you to go and do that because you'll find that doing that is an awesome thing and it's a great experience. So Lord, um, just may you give us the courage uh, and just the, the willingness just to go, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it a shot. Thanks, Jesus. Amen.